Okay, before we start here, um, listen up, guys. Let's let's have a moment of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we are grateful um, that all these people have come here to hear the do hard things for them. And Lord, these things are not so hard, but these things are just things that you command us to do. And we pray that you'd be working in all of our lives, that we would be emboldened to go and do those things that are necessary on this earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. So, uh, did you guys expect something like this when you came up here today? Yeah? No? Okay. Are you feeling comfortable? Did, did we have enough groups to make you feel comfortable? You know, you, 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 cup of coffee group. You like this group? You think it's a good group? How about you guys? Giving a one-minute impromptu speech? You like this? It's only a minute. That's good, good. How about you guys? Write an essay? You're all set for that? How about you guys in the corner? Okay. And how about you guys? You guys are so lonely over here. Wow. And the geography people. Sorry to put you so far away. Okay. We are going to give you... We're going to give you five minutes to do your tasks here. Uh, Ben's going to pass out... Or I'm going to pass out some paper. What do we got to pass out? We got, oh, I got to pass out the quiz. Paper for the essay. Hopefully you all have pens. We have some pens available. You got five minutes... You push-up guys, start doing them. You got that area in between? 50 push-ups. Keep track of each other. You, you start doing them. Come on, boys. Be bold. Show us. All of you. Do it two, two or three at a time. Count them. Okay. Woo. Take one, pass one down. Here, take some, pass one down. Take some, pass one down. Do you have a pen? I lose my microphone? I'm okay? Okay. Okay, you guys singing the solo. Um, what, are you going to sing all together? Take turns? Each are going to sing, yeah, yeah, that's true. Can you set it up this, so that each one of you sings one verse? Yeah. Or, or, no, one line. One line. And it just skips. That would be good. I think everybody would like that. Okay, you, you 100 word essay people, chop, chop. Uh, we, we'll see. You need paper yet? Yeah. What are you talking about? Pens? Some people don't have pens. Okay. If, if, if you have paper, rip it in half and, and spread some more over here. Uh, you, get, you got 30 seconds to change groups. Go. Yeah, you, somebody's going to have to give a speech in this group, and it might be you now that you mentioned it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Really? So you might want to go into geography quiz group. Or the push-ups group. Yeah. 
You have five minutes to prepare, and then I'm gonna give. I'm gonna call one of you guys up. The one who looks the least ready, I'm gonna pick to come up and give him one minute speech. Huh? No, I'm gonna just choose some people. Maybe you. Not we. It's gonna be one person. Okay. Pence. Come on, guys. Take some, pass them down. We want them back. Here, he needs one. The rise and fall of the Roman Empire. Small insects. Anybody else need a topic? Hey, stop, don't listen to that. Hey, push-ups, what are you guys doing? Come on, come on. Every one of you needs to be doing 50 push-ups. Grasshoppers. Hey, he asked me, and then he looks at me like a... Are we allowed to ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, okay. He's got to be a minute, though. A one-minute speech about anything. Okay, guys, we got two more minutes. You guys bumps on the log back here? Are you writing? Okay, good, good. These guys look like bumps on the log. No paper? Somebody give these guys some paper. A few cards, maybe. I think we're out of paper. Some paper. Actually, I should have some more. Come on, you gotta start writing some. Hundred word essay. Come on, you're, you're bumps on the log. You're you're in the hundred word essay area. I got more paper. Rip it in the three. And give it in the guys in the back. Who needs paper? Okay. Okay, Ben. You were watching the push-up guys. Do you, do you have one that you know just did them all? Yeah. Okay, you're gonna choose him to come up, okay? How's your coffee, guys? It's good? Hey, do I have to drink coffee because I'm not just You're in the coffee group, you better be drinking coffee. Is this just an excuse? You sat in the you sat in the coffee group, but you don't like coffee? No, I like coffee. What a complainer you are. My goodness. You guys got your one minute speech set? Okay guys. Okay, remember you guys sing just a line of it, but we're we're you're, you got to be ready. Let's go. Shh. Okay. You guys ready? Oh, that, we got to do it here. Come on. 
Okay, we're going to begin with the coffee group. Can I have a volunteer? Are you in the coffee group? Come on up here. Okay, I'm sorry, what was your name? Zach. Zach, my, Zach, my name is Joe. Uh, can you drink some coffee? Sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> geography quiz, guys. Who is the geography quiz? Huh? Daniel? Your area. Who, who's, who got them all done? Well, who wants to come up and read their answers to me? I don't know. I want you to do it. Austin, you want to do it? Huh? You didn't finish yet. Who else didn't do it? Okay, Daniel, come on. We don't have time. Okay, you go over and you get those things. Okay, Dan, shh. How many questions do we have? There are six questions. And I will read the Oh, there. Now I have a microphone. Uh, Jesus Jesus tempted us, Satan, desert or wilderness? Depend. Uh, okay, it's close. More of a smart alcohol, I'm sorry, gross. Wilderness of Judah. Go ahead. The wedding of Cana was held where? I went for Cana. Maybe it's a good, trick question. Good, good. Okay. In what town did Mary sit at Jesus' feet? Bethany? Good. Yeah, okay. List in order from north to south Jerusalem, Samaria, Syria, Nazareth, or Phoenicia? Yeah, this one was kind of hard. Do you want to pronounce that for me? Caesarea? Caesarea. Caesarea. Uh, that's from north. That's at the most north, I'm assuming. Nazareth, Nazareth, Samaria, Jerusalem, then Phoenicia. That's wrong. Father. That's wrong. Which Basically, one's wrong? If you just reverse it. It's Phoenicia, Nazareth, Caesarea, Samaria, Jerusalem. I just put them backwards. Thank you very much, geography group. Did you check that out? Ben, go get a volunteer from. You volunteer somebody. Some push-ups. Brian, you want to do some? Okay. Oh, man. Okay. Justin, let's go. Fifty push-ups, guys. Right here. Here goes. Everybody, count them. Let's count along with him. Ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-six, twenty-seven, twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five, thirty-six, thirty-seven, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, forty, forty-one, forty-two, forty-three, forty-four, forty-five, forty-six, forty-seven, forty-eight, forty-nine, fifty. Very good. Nice job. for your solo? Did you, who, who, do you have one for everybody or two small ones? Okay, let's get the first one up here. Yeah, right up here. No, 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 you're going to come on the stage. Up on the stage. Huh? Who's going to play? 
Well, I'll hold the mic over there. Okay, I'm gonna follow the mic, whoever's singing. Okay, go ahead and do it there. Okay, everybody, nobody, no singing together, you know, just a solo each, okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Fine one. An interesting one. Uh, let's see here. We need someone to give a speech. Lucas, you want to come up, bro? Oh, I know they didn't sing. I'm sorry. We can do this after everything. Yeah, we're a little, we're a little bit uh, short on time here, guys. We're going to keep, we're going to have you, we'll use all of you eventually throughout the whole week here. We'll do something. Okay, so my topic was to give a one-minute speech on a topic of my choice. And this topic is, or this task is not matching to do hard things. Because, frankly, giving a one-minute speech is like a walk in the park. You can just ramble on forever and ever, doing nothing. And, I mean, seriously, the... Thanks, thanks. Thanks a lot. And I, I don't know how this is supposed to be hard, because you just get up here and talk for 60 seconds, probably 45 of them have already gone, and say what? My topic is how giving a one-minute speech is not hard. <laughs> Okay, what do, you, what do you think, guys? 
say with us? Okay, come on up. Oh dear. Who, who, who almost got 100 words? Close? Anybody close? Okay, come on up. My topic is on the conversion of a seeker. Even though if a person is born into a God-fearing family, conversion isn't easier. The first time I came to camp, I never expected such a moving experience to change my life two years later down the road. So when I came back to Eastern Camp two years later, my relative, um, I think his name is Rambuco, <laughs> talked of, <laughs> sorry about that, talked of the time when Christ would come to earth. I thought and came to a conclusion. I did not want to go to hell. Yet I never went a step after my emotions. Now I have an emotion of assurance that God gave me. People, when they hear God calling them, do not wait. Waiting is the worst thing one can do. I encourage everyone and anyone that feels the calling of God to go for it and not wait. Even though the way may be rough in times, God will give a seeker his strength no matter what may happen. Thank you. Thank you. Um, do you want to write on the board and I'll go around and Yeah, you start going around. <laughs> Okay, guys, thank you very much for all of those uh, various activities. We appreciate it for those who performed. Um, I guess what we'd like to do now is just go around the room and, and ask some of you guys why you chose uh, the stations or the activities that you chose. Um, what were the reasons? And just put up your hand, and I'm going to bring the mic to you, and you just tell us what your reasons are. So why did you choose the, the activity or the station that you chose? You know what, just shout it out, forget the mic. It's going to be too much to walk around. Okay. So you need some caffeine. So that's why you chose the coffee group. Okay, how about from the singing group here? Someone here. Nobody else came? Okay. What was that? Why'd you come, Brandon? Okay, because of Phil. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> uh, how about someone from the push-up group here? Why'd you guys do, why'd you choose push-ups? Sit. Shout it out. Because you love sports, okay. Could, did you guys know that you could do them before you came here? Okay, you all knew that you could do 50 push-ups, okay. Would you have chosen this group if you couldn't do 50 push-ups? Okay. Those girls can do 50 push-ups? Yeah, I want to see that. <laughs> can those girls do 50 push-ups? Can you girls do 50 push-ups? Can you do it? Did you do it? Did you do 50? Uh, wow. How about someone from the uh, impromptu speech group? Why did you choose this group? Because you thought it would be easy, okay. 
I guess uh, from Luke, uh, he uh, said that it was pretty easy, though, to uh, just ramble on for about 60 seconds. Very good. Okay, how about the essay group here? Why did you guys choose, choose to write a 100-word essay on the topic of your choice? Okay, because it's only a paragraph, so it's pretty easy. Only a paragraph? You guys good at writing? Maybe, maybe you were good at writing, so you figured do something that I'm good at? Geography quiz people, how about you? Why'd you choose the geography quiz? <laughs> the smart ones, yeah. What? You wanted a challenge, okay. Why did, why, okay, why didn't you choose the uh, push-up group? <laughs> Too easy? <laughs> I'm going to talk about uh, why we avoid Okay. Actually, can you? Yeah. You're right. Okay. Avoiding. Avoiding. So guys over here in the push-ups group, why didn't you want to give a one-minute impromptu speech? Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're saying why you wanted to do push-ups. You wanted to avoid thinking. Okay, thinking is hard. Okay? And you geography people, why didn't you come over here to the coffee group? They don't like coffee. Okay. You guys, why didn't you sing a solo? You didn't. You would have been over there. Why? Why didn't you sing? There wasn't a lot of people. You're trying to save your voices. <laughs> <clears throat> And coffee group, why didn't you choose? Did we talk about that? Why didn't you choose push-ups? What? You didn't want to work? You didn't want to work? I see. But Andrew, you could have done 50 push-ups. But you like coffee. Did you get some coffee? He likes coffee, but he had water, even though he could have done push-ups. Okay. Well, today's forum um, is about a book. There's a book um, written by a couple teens called Do Hard Things. And uh, Ben is going to give us a little summary of it here. Okay, uh, maybe it's just a show of hands. Who has read this book before? Has anybody in this room read it? Okay, so we've got a, a small handful. Um, like Joe said, um, basically the form that we're doing today here, which is already half done, um, is based on this book called Do Hard Things. And really what we want to do is um, basically just go through and summarize some of the key points in this book and present it to you guys for those who haven't read it. But um, also we would also like to encourage you to read this book. This is an excellent book. It's geared towards teens. Um, it's easy to read. It is, uh, you could probably pick it up any of your uh, local Christian bookstores. Um, so I would encourage you all, um, hopefully after this forum, um, after hearing this forum, you'll uh, have a desire to read this book. So <clears throat> one of the first things that um, this book really jumps into, which sort of is the foundation, for, um, the foundation for the whole book, 
is something called the myth of adolescence. And um, I just want to touch briefly on this here. There, you know what, before I go into anything, I want to talk about a little bit of, uh, little bit of history. Anybody have an idea how old the word teenager is? Let's get some uh, numbers. When, when, do you, when do you think, when do, what year do you think it was first used? Jamie? 1919, okay. Any other guesses? In the 90s? Okay, so newer. Any, any other guesses? Older, newer? 60s? 40s? Okay. Uh, the word teenager was actually first used in uh, 1941. So the word is actually less than 70 years old. And um, like I said before, I sort of as a foundation of all this, um, what this book was really talking about is, and sort of the history behind all this, is how, you know, in the past, typically, um, there was really only two um, separate groups of people people were sort of classified in two different ways. You were either a child or a kid, um, or you were an adult. There wasn't really this sort of in-between, um, <clears throat> in-between period. Um, in, in just some statistics that I had that, that were actually from this book. In 1900, only 1 in 10 people um, were over the age of 14 were at school. So basically 100, 110 years ago, by the time you were 12, 13 years old, um, you were done school. You would typically, uh, you know, find a trade or find a job and start working and, uh, you know, helping with your family. Usually by the age of, I don't know, maybe 15, 16, you would get married or something like that. And, you know, you'd start your own home. And, and I think pretty obvious here that, that we can see that it's a lot different than what it is today. Um, most kids now are, you know, they go to, pretty much everyone finishes high school. Many go on to college or university, and they're in school till probably their early 20s. And um, in, the, in the early 1900s, there was this sort of a shift from, uh, you know, child labor, which I'm sure you're all familiar with, how, you know, kids would, would be working in terrible conditions with, you know, from the time that they were probably 10, 12, 13 years old. Um, and there was this shift to, um, you know, stop that. And um, kids then began to, you know, continue on with the high school education and, you know, move forward from there. And I think we can agree that a lot of those things were, were good, a lot of the laws that came in place. But along with that, there were some consequences that came. Um, and it was this whole idea of expectations dropping. Expectations were slowly dropping for young people. And then, as we know in the, you know, in the 1940s, this word teenager came, which was sort of this age group where um, children, or where people, had the mind of adults, but did not have the responsibilities of an adult. Mm. There was this sort of age group, which many of us call adolescence, where um, you just don't have that responsibility of an adult, but you still get the privileges of being an adult. Um, so that's really what this myth of adolescence is. And I want to quickly... Um, just read one excerpt from the book here um, about how expectations, the, the expectations of teenagers, this group called teenagers has dropped so much, it seems, in the last um, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, and teens have basically gotten a really bad um, reputation. So I want to read um, just one quick section of the book here, which I thought was very good. Um, it says, recently we would dis- 
we decided to Google the word teens and expectations to see what we came up with. The results were far more entertaining than we could have imagined. Most web browsers have, have built-in Google search boxes, and as you type the search term, it gives you suggested searches based on the terms that are used most often. Here are some of the suggestions that it gave us, that it gave us as we um, tried to Google teens and expectations. Teens and drugs, teens and alcohol, teens and smoking, teens and drinking, teens and marijuana, teens and cell phones. Even Google has low expectations for teens. So you can see <laughs> from this example here that there's this whole mindset now sort of among society that, you know, there's this, there's this expectation of teenagers that just seems to be continually dropping and dropping and dropping constantly. Um, so I guess what we sort of want to, um, through this form, we want to um, open your eyes to see some of those expectations that are dropping and see some of the hard things um, that teenagers really should be doing, but it seems to, like the culture is against that. So, um, how many of you here are over 16? Oh, good portion of you in that. How many of you would think that 100, 200 years ago, you might be married already? Wow, yeah. But it might be true. Because the truth of the matter is, although teens don't know as much as they think they know, you don't realize how much you don't know until you hit 30 or 40. Then you really know how much you don't know. But your mind is pretty sharp. And you can do all sorts of adult things. If you remember in the uh, forum little blurb in your booklet, it said David Farragut, he was the first admiral. He went on to be the first admiral of the U.S. Navy. He was 12 years old when he had command of a ship. He had started out when he was younger, when he was 8, 9, 10. He was working as a, as a, 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 a boy on the boat, helping out. He became a, a crew member. He was the first mate. And then finally, uh, when there was a battle going on and they had captured an enemy, a British ship, uh, they captured the ship and they gave young David 12 years old. Who is 12 here? Okay? Raise your hand high. Stand up. Do a hard thing. Stand up. You see? They give somebody like this command of a ship. Okay? Thank you. Okay? And he took command of the ship. And you know what that British captain did when he saw that this 12-year-old kid, David, was in charge of this ship? He said, it was his ship, right? But it had been taken from him. He goes, I'm going down to my bunk and I'm going to get a pistol. And you know what David said? He says, if you come back up here with that pistol, we'll shoot you. Okay? That captain never came up. The crew sailed back. He, took the, he committed his duty. He did what he was supposed to do. So you have a mind. You have the ability to do things far in excess of what you probably are doing already. 1 Timothy 4.12. You know this verse? Let no man despise thy youth. But be thou an example of the believers in word, conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Let's start with the beginning here. Let no man despise. What does despise mean? What? Hate. Let no man despise. Okay, I have an example. I'm going to change the place. I'm going to change the name. I'm going to change the, 
the, the whole situation except for this kid, the mind of this kid. This young kid at a park back home, um, yeah, he was a younger kid, but he was a smart kid. And he wanted to play with some, a couple other kids in the park, okay? And he, these other kids, a little bit older, they didn't want to, you know how it is, you just didn't want this guy tagging along. And he was following him and following him, and they kept on running around the area, and, and you know, he couldn't keep up with them. And he was getting frustrated. And the other kids, they weren't helping. They should have stopped. They should have been good, right? They were kind of being mean in and of their own accord. But that didn't excuse what this one kid did. He was so frustrated. He was so mad that he couldn't go and, and play with these other kids. Um, as they're running around the park, they came across this wall with graffiti on it. And there was a can of paint right down, kind of left right there. And you know what this kid did? He, he's frustrated, he can't keep up, and so he stops, he sees this graffiti on the wall, he says this can, and he stops, and he says to those boys that are over there, he says, you did this. They didn't do that. But he stopped, he goes, you did this. Boom, off he runs to his mom. And he tells his mom, such and such boys, they painted graffiti on the wall, and he made up this story. Do you see the deviousness of that? It makes you boil inside, doesn't it? But this is the sin nature that's inside of us. And I hate to say it, but in all of us, in our youth, we have the same deviousness inside of us. Whether it's trying to, to pin the rap on somebody else just because we, we dislike them, or because you know, we don't want to do something and we're rebellious inside. Let no man despise thy youth. Right now, I'll tell you, it's not just in youth. You can be a person that people despise or that people love. It's your choice. And it's how you act. It's how you behave. But, okay, so that's the one thing. Don't despise that youth. Well, what's this implying? It's implying that he's talking directly, Paul is talking directly to a young person. You are a young person. You're here because you're a young person. And Paul's command says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example among the believers, or those who are faithful. That word believers means in the Greek. The faithful ones. How? Be an example in word. In word, logos. Um, in your talking. Be an example in your conversation or your conduct. Okay? In your charity or your love one to another. How do you show love to another? We'll talk a little bit about that. In your spirit, in faith, faith, the faith that you have in God. Be thou an example and impurity or sinlessness of life. Let no man despise thy youth. This is the verse you should underline, if it's not underlined, that you should remember. Um, I'll introduce this. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Okay, guys, um, now what we'd like to do is, um, sort of in keeping with uh, the outline that's um, in the book, we want to talk about five different um, types of hard things um, that a lot of us as teenagers need to do. We're just going to work through them. Um, we're going to look at some examples of them um, and hopefully uh, gain some insight and some um, practical applications in our personal life. And Joe's going to cover the first one here. Okay. The first thing is, number one, Hard things that take you out of your comfort zone. So, when I was your age, 
I was the tape room guy. I ran the recording room. Now, our recording room in the Pico Rivera Church was nothing like this one over here. If I walk over here and I look, what do you got over here? Mixer recorder, some wireless microphones, and some amps down at the bottom. Okay. You know what we had? We had a cassette recorder. You know, you, do you guys know what a cassette recorder is? You, you're not that old yet. We had, a, we had a little cassette recorder, and it was wood grain. It wasn't black even. It, was, it had a wood grain top. And my whole duty was to, you push the button when they started to preach, and I had my headphones on. And I would sit in the back room. It was a little back room off the baptismal. And I'd sit in the back room all the time. And one time, there was a couple other pieces of equipment. We had this uh, old Bogan amplifier that had a little switch on and off, and it had a little red light on it. And there's a microphone that went into that, and that was the, the public address system. And I remember it one time when um, somebody had been messing with that. Normally, nobody had ever mess, never messed with it. The minister would just turn it on when he went up to preach. But he turned it on, and... It, it wasn't coming out. There was a problem. So what do I do? I'm back in the recording room. I'm a tape room guy. I don't get up in front of people and talk, right? No, I don't get you over know, I don't go in front of people. But I had to do something. So I open the door. I'm in front of the church, right? Just like you. I open the door, and I start taking three steps out. Because I'm going right to the back here. I'm going to turn this off. And as I'm going, I realize that I have a toothpick in my mouth, okay? You know, you just have a toothpick in your mouth, and you're, you're sitting up in front of the church here, you have this toothpick in your mouth, and you're just like, oh my God, what am I doing with your toothpick in my mouth up in front of the church, you know? And so, as I go down, I, I shuck it into my mouth, okay? And I go down, and I turn it off, and I come up, and basically, I haven't swallowed a toothpick, but it's, it's, it's invisible now. So I, I go back in, and I close the door, and everything's working, and then, Later on, one of the older ladies in church, she, she came up to me. She goes, what did you do with that toothpick? She saw it going, and then when I came back up. So, you know, here I was. I was a tape room guy. I didn't like to talk to people. I just liked to be in my little electronic world, okay? Things that take you out of your comfort zone. There were a couple people in my life that made a noticeable um, effort to work with me, to pull me out of that. One was a minister or, or elder, eventually in our church. His name was Fred Cray. He um, started a junior Bible class. So, and then he set up teachers, and I was one of the teachers. He wanted me to teach junior Bible class. And then that went on, and then as I got married, my wife, Lori, um, she just, you know, she was from a house that worked all the time, worked in church, worked at camp. Wherever they did, they did a lot of work. And so as soon as we got married, I found myself signed up to teach at camp, and I found myself signed up to teach at retreats. And there was all sorts of opportunities that you know, I just was thrust into that took me out of my comfort zone. I want to ask you, what are some of the things that would be uncomfortable for you that would take you out of your comfort zone? Give me a couple. Yeah. One more time. Okay, talking to elderly people. That, you know, that's something that's kind of hard to do. You know, you, you don't know what to say. Right? But God commands, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to go visit the sick, the widows. 
We're supposed to visit those who need us. So it's a command. We're supposed to do it, but it might not be comfortable. But you know what happens? Has anybody overcome that? What happens if you go and visit them? Do they bite you? Have you ever visited somebody? And, and so you visited somebody. So what was it like? They said, oh, what was your name? And you said? Natalie, nice to meet you. Natalie, nice to meet you. And they, oh, you have such a pretty... And then they turn this way, and then they turn back. Oh, what was your name? <laughs> okay, but you know what? They need some attention. They, they know that you're from the church or that you care about them, right? Okay, come on, one more hard thing before we go to the next one. Well, a hard thing to take you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Your brothers are hard things? They take you out of your comfort zone? Well, like, what about your brothers? Are you his brother? Oh. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he's his brother. They, so how do they take you out of your comfort zone? No, that's not out of your comfort zone. You're staying in your comfort zone. But if your brother were to take you, let's say your brother were to take you um, to go to the, the rescue mission. Down. Right. You know, what's your name? Ryan? Is it, you guys have some sort of service like that around where you are? Huh? Yeah? So you, you know what to do, right? Would that be in your comfort zone or is it a little out? That's in your comfort zone? <laughs> so you got to go beyond. Okay, next one. Go ahead. Okay, guys. Um, the next hard thing that we have here, which I'll be covering, is um, do hard things that go beyond what is expected or required. Um, like I was talking about at the beginning, it seems like, um, especially we as teenagers, um, only try to meet the minimum expectations um, of what is required. So even in the example of here, um, think about some of the people who are doing the push-ups. We're like, no, you know, I'm not going to do 50. I'm going to do 75. You know what I mean? Just, you know, I, I, like overachiever. It seems like there's, there's not very many people out there that, um, that actually go beyond the expectations. Did what? anybody do 75? Did anybody do 75 here? You guys all stopped at 50. I'm guessing not. Any... <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um, but I guess with teens especially today, and I think with people in general, it's just sort of natural for us that we only meet these expectations to sort of what the minimum is required um, for a lot of us. Um, so how do we uh, fight against that? How do we, um, how do we uh, you know, push ourselves past the minimum standards that there are? Because the problem with, like I mentioned at the beginning, is that it seems like the, the standards of society just continue to drop over time. And um, some of the strategies or steps that I had here written um, for you know, stepping higher are do things that are hard for you. For a lot of us, it's easy to do things that um, are easy for us, right? So, if, for example, if you're a really good singer, you're thinking, okay, I'll just do a solo because I'm good at singing. But, obviously, a lot of those girls um, who were good at singing couldn't do push-ups. So, it's, about, it's not necessarily about doing hard things 
It's about doing hard things that are hard for you. Because what's hard to someone else might not be hard for you, and what's hard for you might not be hard for someone else. So what are some examples of uh, some things that, um, that I guess we, could, that we should go over on, and above the level um, that is required of us? You guys give me some examples of those? One that, one that comes to mind for me um, is even in school. You know, what, what do you do? Do you just, you know, try to get a passing grade? It's like, okay, I'm going to pass all my classes. Or do you actually, you know, seek to achieve a higher standard, seek to, you know, go above what is actually expected of you? Any other examples that you guys can think of? Excellent. Very good with friendships as well. Okay, next one. Okay, next one. Things that are too big to do at all, we've got to get moving here, okay? Uh, just real quick, this is right from the book. Now, Katrina Martin, she loved clothes and fashion, but she wanted to be modest and please God. She knew it was a, a heart issue, really, but, you know, she also knew it was a clothing issue. And she wanted to know what it was what guys thought was modest. But she didn't know how to do it. And so, in a nutshell, she came across these guys, right? They had a website, Do Hard Things website, therevolution.com. And she said, here's what I want to know. I want to know, you know what guys think about modesty. You know, what's modest, what's not? You know, my skirts, are they modest? Are my, my blouses? You know, what is it that's modest? What's swimsuit that's modest? She didn't know how to do it. So, things that are too quick for she didn't know how to do this alone, but she had some help. She needed somebody that had a website that she can kind of ask these questions, or a forum, or a blog that can do this, right? She needed somebody that can write a database to collect all the data. She needed a lot of different things, and it all came together. And if you go home, and you type in, type in modesty survey, there's an example, like 10,000 guys have logged in. Random guys, Christian guys, mostly. 10,000 Christian guys, not from the Ace Church, from, from all walks of life, have logged in and said, you know what? It really is a struggle for me to see a skirt at your knee. Or not. You can see percentages there. It's a struggle for me if I see a line here, or if I they have a, a, a sleeveless in, in some, or it's not a struggle. You can go and look for yourself. I don't want to say what it is, but you go and you look. And it was all because here was a person, Katrina, who had a vision. She wanted to know. And a lot of times you guys want to know the same thing. What is it that would cause a stumbling block for guys? Or is it just the guys, you know, guys are guys and they just, everything is stumbling block for them. Well, I can't wear anything. I need a bag Okay? But you can go in and you can see and you can see that, you know what? Maybe there's only 5% of the guys that are affected by that. That's one out of 20. That would mean, you know, probably 20 people in this or 10 people in this room or so would be affected. Or you can see that a third of all guys are affected if, if you're wearing certain things in a certain way. Okay? So this was just one example that hard things that were too big for her to do alone, there might be hard things that are too big for you to do alone. <coughs> hard things that are too big for you to do alone, okay? But with a little bit of help, talk to your friends, talk to your family, it gets done. Okay, next one. Hard things that don't pay off immediately. Um, it seems like uh, 
the hardest things to do many times are the small things. Um, and I think it's a struggle for a lot of us because these small things um, don't pay off right away. They don't... Um, they just don't seem to give, uh, give sort of the same glory as doing something that is um, bigger, um, that is hard and big, and that you can receive glory from it. But why is it so important that we do these hard things? Um, and before we go into that, I'm just going to, I'm not going to open it up for you guys to give me an example. I'm just going to lift some of them. Something like doing your chores, doing daily devotions, doing these, you know, everyday mundane things that are expected of us. Why does it seem like it's so hard to do these things? And I'm just going to read off uh, a few reasons why. Um, I think one of the reasons is because a lot of these things don't go away. You know, if you're doing a big task, it's really tough, you know, you put all your energy into it, and then it's, you know, it happens and it's done. But a lot of these small hard things happen on a daily basis, every day. And when you're done, you do it again. You do it again the next day. And that's a real challenge for a lot of people. Also... A lot of these small things don't seem important. They don't, you can't see the, um, the benefits of them right away until you can take a step back and look at sort of a, a whole you know, group shot and a full picture. Then you can see the benefit of it. And another thing that I mentioned already is that a lot of times with these small things, people aren't watching. You know, nobody sees when you're in your room cleaning up or when you sit down or you wake up in the morning early to do your devotions. Nobody sees those things. Um, and that, that can be a real challenge sometimes. And, you know, when I think about these small things, I almost think about, you know, just following again with this example, the push-ups here. You know, doing a push-up or maybe doing a set of push-ups doesn't seem like it has much of a, an effect on you. But if you do that every day, if you discipline yourself and say, you know what, I'm going to do you know, a certain set of push-ups every day, even though you don't see the results sort of on an individual basis, when you zoom out and you see what result over time that has from doing those, even though it seems like it's something small, you know, constantly, even though it's something hard, that will eventually, uh, it, will, it, will, it will strengthen you and you can see the results over time, but you, you don't see it. And that's why, and that, you don't see it in the present and that's why doing these small hard things um, is so challenging. Okay. Next one. Okay. I passed out cards. Okay. If you don't have them, I'm going to have some, all the leftovers at the door. You can get them as you go out. But um, hard things that go against the crowd. This is the last hard thing. And, you know, they have examples in the book about hard things that go against the crowd. I'm going to give you something that was hard for me um, when I was young. Uh, 25 years ago about, I gave away my TV. Okay. I had a TV. I watched TV a lot. I watched it an average of three hours a day. I bet I actually watch it more than an average of three hours a day. But I watched TV a lot. I knew all the things that were on TV. I watched the news. I watched the shows. I had all sorts of TV. I watched TV. So I gave it away because I watched too much TV. And do you know how much time I've saved in the last 25 years? 27,000 hours. What would you do with 20? Have you been alive for 27,000 hours? I think you have, okay? But 27,000, that's a lot of time, okay? Now, this is, do you know more people have indoor plumbing, okay? Have TVs. Or, no, have more people have TVs that have indoor plumbing, okay? 
More people have TVs that have endocrine. It's like 99.5% of the people in this United States have TVs, but only 98 point something have you know, toilets inside the house. Okay? So this is going against the flow. <coughs> you don't, I'm going to just tell it like it is here. You know, Doug, Doug gave me confidence. I'm going to be bold. Of all the things you do here in your life, media influence, even more than school, more than anything else, the media influence that you allow yourself, the movies you watch at home or wherever, the things that you look at, see, these things affect you, and you don't know it. I didn't know it until five, ten years afterwards. I think, oh my goodness, what was I doing? And I can tell you right now, you guys probably think if you have a TV, I can tell you, you would think I'm crazy. But I think you're crazy because it is so damaging. Your worldview is so distorted that you don't have a clue. You just don't know how much Hollywood has got into your head. This is something different than going against the crowd, but I'm telling you, this is something I had to go against. Okay? There are things that you have to go against. It might be standing up and talking about God. It might be, you know, there's a thousand things. We don't have time for all of the things that it could be. But there are things that go against the crowd that you got to do. Okay? Think about it. You have these cards. Okay. I guess sort of in summation of all this, you know, what's the result of it? What, um, what do we need to do? And I think the need is action. You know, we need to take the things that we've learned here today, this whole concept of doing hard things, you know, going beyond the expectations that society has set for us, and actually take some action. And for everyone in this room, it's something that's different. It's going to be something different for all of you. Um, but we've outlined here um, a few of the steps um, that we need to take to, uh, to take action, to actually apply the things that we've learned here today. Um, and I'm just going to read them off. And we've handed out these cards. We want you all to write down an action plan for yourself. I think most of you guys have pens. So just take you know, a couple points, write down an action plan for yourself, and try to follow this guideline that, um, that we've laid out here. And I'm going to read them off quickly. Um, so we need to identify the need to get honest about, about this topic. You know, We need to be honest with ourselves. We need to decide what negative actions and what negative patterns are in our lives, and we need to change them. Um, we need to recognize that there's people that can help us. You know, we talked a little bit about collaboration, coming together and actually you know, making a plan and supporting each other. Um, and then we need to write down, and this is what I want you guys to do, write down one or two key steps that you can take um, you know, that would make it tough for you to chicken out or to turn back. And you know, action steps. Steps, things that you can, specific things in your life that you know that you need to change. And we also need to acknowledge that we need God's help. Um, and then make a practical plan to actually stay close to him. Um, and seek his guidance and his help in this topic. And also, you know, be excited about being successful. Get excited about actually going beyond those expectations that we have and doing hard things. So I'm just going to give you guys a couple of minutes to write some of those things down, and then we'll wrap it up here. Okay. You know, so for example, as you're writing your action plan, right? I could have told myself, or maybe I did tell myself a lot, I'm not going to watch TV anymore. I'm not going to turn it on. But finally, I said, you know what? This ain't working. I got to do something drastic. I gave it away. You know, 
Identify what you need to get honest about. Things that are, you gotta, this is going along with your classes, your introspection, right? You're looking self-examination. Hey, I'm not right with God. That's the first thing on my list. But after that, there's these other three things that I need to do, and you prioritize them. And then you say, what is it that's making me do this? Write that down. Who can help me? My parents? My friends? Write that down. And then do them. One of the brothers in our church, he always, when he says goodbye, he says, read the word, do what it says. Do it. Read the word, do what it says. Acknowledge God and expect to be successful because God can make you successful. We've gone four minutes past our time. If you haven't written everything, keep it in your Bible. Fill it out. Finish it. Do it. Read the word. Do what it says.